We are introducing our theme for this month, which is a vessel prepared for the master's use. This whole month we are going to be talking along those lines. Or if you want to give a different title, you can say a container God can use. And I want to use 2 Timothy chapter 2 from verse 20 to 21 as my main text. I'm reading from the Living New Testament. It might read different from yours, but the gist of what we're reading is nonetheless the same. And I'm going to read again also from the message translation. 2 Timothy 2, we read from verse 20. In a wealthy home, some utensils are made out of gold and silver, and some are made of wood and clay. The expensive utensils are used for special occasions. Somebody say special occasions. And the cheap ones are used for everyday use. Somebody say everyday use. If you keep yourself pure, you will be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean. And you will be ready for the master to use you for every good work. Can I hear an amen in the house? The Message Bible reads, In a well-finished kitchen, there are not only crystal goblets and silver platters, but there are waste cans and compost buckets. Some containers used to serve fine meals, others to take out the garbage. Because the kind of container God can use to present any and every kind of gift to his guest for or become that kind of container that God can use. Yeah. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Can we hear an amen? amen? I'm not going to go into the history of this passage as we should to give the context and the whatever of this particular passage. I'll just go straight into our text because our text is a very straightforward text. I think even without going into when did Paul write this, history, whatever, what he has just said, most of us, if, if not all of us, can identify with it, especially if you are in my age group and a little older, uh, you know, from the 60s to the 50s, you kind of can identify with this. Because I remember in our home, uh, we had different kinds of utensils, the cutlery and the crockery that my mother used. We had the ones that we used during the week, you know, the ones that are enamel, uh, <laughs> and or they are made out of... Uh, uh, Very cheap brass. Oh, yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah. In fact, are they still there? Yes. Oh, so you can feel me, right? <laughs> so you know these kind of things, you know, it, when it falls, it gets a chip on it. And we would use this during the week because these were for everyday use. And... She didn't mind after we are done that when we do the dishes that I should also be involved in washing dishes. My, my mom, bless her Lord, I know she's in heaven. She never allowed me to enjoy the benefit of being the only boy among four girls. <laughs> she made me work like the girls. I'm grateful now, but I wasn't grateful then. So we had these dishes that you know we would use during the week, but then... When Sunday came, we went up a notch. We would use proper crockery and cutlery plates and everything. Shabayaba. No, not yet. That's not yet. This is this is this is for this is for this is for special people. Yeah, no, not those yet. Other plates. There's, you know the plates they differ in. I get it, there's porcelain, there's china, I get it, Yeah, which one is better than which? China is better than porcelain. Yeah, so, th is that one china? What they showed us, was it china? 
is porcelain. How do you know? You are so experienced, you can just see a picture and you know. All right, so we'd go up a notch and we'd kind of eat. And you know, even the food, you know, during the week, the food, we didn't eat much meat at home. My parents tried, but still, you know, la chicken. And I was an expert at knowing how to finish that big pile of papa with a small, I'm an expert. I tell you, you just, have, you just need a lot of saliva and good, a very good sense of smell and knowing how to dab that papa on the chicken. And then you, I would finish the papa before the chicken was finished. It's just a little poker fan. Not even much of any meat. And then when, when, when Sunday came, then we went up a notch and even the chicken was better. At least that's not bad, you get, you know. But then we would go up another notch. When we were visited by the Domini, the predicant, the pastor, because I was raised in the United Reformed Church and the, the, the pastors they called Dominis used to do house visits called Hayes Besuk. I looked forward to the Dominis Hayes Besuk because I knew we were going up another notch. Even the crockery and the... Yeah, that was for the Hezbesuk. We would use that, you know. And then I couldn't wait for Christmas. And New Year. And on Christmas and New Year, not only was the crockery and the cutlery better, but even the meals, you ate a three-course meal and a four-course meal. You remember that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. First course, papa. Second course, nama. Third course, gravy. Fourth course, tamati. Sixth course, kintuena. And then seventh course, kastete. Eighth course, kjeli. Ninth course, And then tenth course, khamere. Eleventh course, kuku. After more, you are so bloated. Ooh. But you see, my mom would never let me wash this. Because these were reserved for special people. These were reserved for special occasions. These were not for extra strong day. These were for reserved people. And this is what Paul is saying. In the house of God, there are these kind of vessels and also the other one can you change to the other one they are these kinds and as he continues in that verse he says if any person will prepare themselves by cleansing themselves preparing themselves they choose it's not god who destines you to be this kind of vessel all of us have the potential to be the other kind. Let's see the other kind. All of us have the potential to be that. To be used by God for special purposes, for special people, for special things. But it's not God who makes that determination. It's every one of us who makes that determination. So simply put, the Bible uses the analogy that we are like a vessel. Tell your neighbor you are like a vessel. Tell them again, you are like a vessel. Tell them again, you are like a vessel. A vessel is a utensil that we use as a container. In other words, a container doesn't live for itself. <laughs> that vessel, let's have the other vessel, the other one. Yeah, that This thing is not for itself. Even if it's this beautiful, this thing doesn't benefit anything by being this beautiful. This is made to be used by others. That's the purpose. And Paul says, we are those vessels. In other words, the best level of living is not to live for yourself. The highest level of living for purpose is to live to serve others. 
I know your amens are not convincing, but I will take them. And we are vessels. And then Paul says something interesting in 2 Corinthians 4, 7. And I love what he says in the New Living Translation. He says, but we ourselves are like fragile clay jars containing this great treasure. This makes it clear that our great power is from God, not from ourselves. Now, it's interesting here that Paul is saying we are vessels that are containers of great power, which is the glory and the anointing of God. And he says there, we are fragile clay jars. In this instance, Paul is not necessarily making the same point as in this instance. Here he's talking about the kind of vessel you are. Over here, he is contrasting the great power of God with the people that we are. We are fragile people. We are people full of mistakes. We are just people made out of clay. We are just normal, regular people. But it pleases God to use us as a vessel within which he pours his great, amazing power. My goodness, you are an instrument of the power of God. You may look so ordinary. People may never even think that you are anything. But in God's eyes, my brother and my sister, you are filled with the power of the living God. And Paul says, he calls it a treasure. Arrow. We have this treasure in earthen vessels, in regular, everyday people. When you look at them, they're not impressive at all. When you watch them, they don't seem like much at all. But my goodness, they carry the glory of God. God fills you with his glory, with his power to use you to bless other people. Think about it. There is no gift no ability really that is for your benefit. Think about it. Think about it. If you're a good musician, your music and your gifting is better utilized when you use it for others. Even if you can make money off it, it's okay. Mara, it's better utilized when you use it for others. So when you stand and sing and others listen to your music, then that's when you are a greater blessing. You can yoke yourself in your room if you want to and sing to you. But it doesn't benefit you. If you are a good public speaker, you can lock yourself in your room and public speak to you. It doesn't benefit you. So truly speaking, the highest level of living is to be a vessel. The greater level of living is to understand that you are a vessel. And so we should seek to be a vessel that God can use. We should seek to be a vessel that God can use for special purposes. By working on ourselves. Look at your neighbor and say, Shabba Yaba, Lassara, Amen. Shabba Yaba, look at your neighbor and say, Shabba Yaba. See, God wants to use you because when he created you, he filled you with potential. In John 15, 16, Jesus says, You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you. And I have ordained you that you should go forth and bring forth fruit. God has chosen you and brought you into this world for fruitfulness. God has brought you into this world for productivity. That's why God gave you the gifts he gave you. That's why God gave you the personality he gave you. That's why God gave you the opportunities he gave you. That's why God wired you the way he wired you. That's why God gave you the strength he gave you. The youth he gave you. That's why God gave you the health that he gave you. That's why you are still alive today. When other people are not alive, you are still alive today. That is why you have survived the worst form of trouble and challenge and God has kept you. And the reason God has kept you is because God wants to use you. Can I hear a good amen in the house? That's why you are still here. Yeah. God says, you haven't chosen me. And I can't choose a famahala that you should just be on display, that we should watch you. I chose you to use you as a vessel. I chose you to go forth and be fruitful 
and be productive. Can I hear an amen in the house? Can I hear an amen in the house? God has chosen you for a life of fruitfulness, productivity, effectiveness, and progress. And that is why when we have an encounter with God, God begins to stir things inside of us. That he can't allow you just to sit and not expand your life and improve your life. You start having a holy discontent and uneasiness in you to start doing something to improve your life. God wants you to know this truth. Early on in your spiritual development, just when you become a Christian, and therefore ready yourself to be molded into a fruitful, productive, effective person. You know, it's unfortunate that, you know, Secularly, there's never a study that's made really to see the effectiveness of a church. Now, I haven't made a formal study, but certainly having led the church for many years, I have seen a certain trend that is very consistent. I can count people after people, many of them, over the 32 years, who came to the church, got born again, God saved, started serving in the church, started getting involved. And many of them have certain jobs now that are highly qualified jobs. And many of them are the best people in the company. I remember the one guy that comes to mind now. He came and worked for us, with us, on a full-time basis. And he, he, we, we assigned him to be a, a facility manager. And I remember we trained him, showed him what to do, whatever, whatever. And, and he did it and then got a job somewhere else. You know, they paid him better than us. <laughs> Forgive Jesus. So he went over and then several months later he comes back with great excitement. I'm telling you what he told us. He said, I went to this company and when I got there, I found a lot of things that these people were doing had gotten stuck. They couldn't solve certain things. You see? You know, their phones were not working. They had applied for what, what. It had not been approved. This was not working. There were so many things. He said, when I got there, in a space of two weeks, I had solved everything for them. Two weeks. He said, when I got there, I remembered what you had assigned me to do. I remembered when I went to do this, when I went to do this. I remember when I, because when you work for us, we train you in everything. Yeah. So he said, after two weeks, they asked him, Ramona, where do you come from? Where did you learn all these things? He says, then I remembered because he came here on a, it was a learnership, ne? It wasn't. We just, it was a volunteer. He was a volunteer. Came as a volunteer. He said, then I remembered the value of, he said, I didn't realize when I was being trained at the church how much I'm learning. Like some of you, you don't even realize how much you're learning in this sermon. That's why you're not saying amen. Look at your neighbor and say, what a shock. Look at your other neighbor and say, what an aftershock. Look at the other and say, what a sustained shock. Yeah, you don't, you don't realize what you're learning. I had one of our pastors yesterday come to talk to me, tears in his eyes. One of our young pastors, tears in his eyes. As he was watching him just here. He was telling me about some workshop he went to recently, and I won't say too many things. And the speaker who was speaking had been invited by this company, and they had paid this person a lot of money to come and speak. And he says, when this person was speaking, I could hear that he's quoting from a certain author that I had heard about from you, Bishop, two years ago. Yeah. He said, as I was sitting there, everything the man was saying, I knew it already. What a shock. I, what a shock, Batu. And he says, just imagine they're paying this guy so much money to come and say this. And I realized it means now, I don't even pay even anything. Oh, look at you. You're not even saying amen in spite of what you're. Just look at you. Look at, look at you. Look at you. Yeah. And so this young man sorted out things in this company. But you know, I remember when he first came. How much he didn't know. Didn't have the confidence. Didn't know where to start. But you see, God, all God is asking you is to say to you, will you give me a chance to make you a vessel that is a precious vessel, an honorable vessel? And if you will give God a chance, I can guarantee you 10 years from now, when you look at yourself, you will not be able to even know Huruma. Why? Because there is so much that is lying dormant on the inside of you. Look at your neighbor and say, Shaba, yaba, yaba. 
So listen what Paul prays for Christians. In first, it's Colossians chapter 1 verse 9 and 10. I read it in the King James Bible. He says, for this cause, since the day we heard of it, we don't cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Next verse. I love the next verse. He says, I pray that you might walk a walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Note, being fruitful. Somebody say, being fruitful. Say it again, being fruitful. He says, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Paul says, I'm praying for you, a young Christian. You are born again now. All you know is that Jesus is the savior of your life. And I'm praying that you should continue growing in that. But I'm also praying that you will be a fruitful person. Unearth the potential that's on the inside of you. Let's look at this in the New Living Translation. I love it. Verse 10. It says, then the way you live will always honor and please God. And your lives will produce every kind of good fruit. I see you producing every kind of good fruit. I see you being a vessel of honor. I see you being a different kind of person because of Jesus who has come into your life. Give the Lord a big hand in this house. You see, God's greatest gift to you as his child is potential. And your greatest gift to God is discovering that potential, developing that potential, and using that potential. Let me quote from Dr. Miles Monroe. Maybe I should say the late Dr. Miles Monroe. I never thought several years ago I would be referring to him as the late Dr. Miles Monroe. But he's a man who knew that he's a vessel. And he emptied himself and served the world. And when his day came, he had done what God wanted him to do. What about you? What about you? Because if all you do is to live for yourself, maybe you don't understand why God has kept you on earth. If all you do is just to focus on you, maybe you don't know why God made you the person you are. This is what Dr. Miles Monroe says, and he quotes from somewhere else anyhow. He says, and I quote, potential is dormant ability. Dormant. The word dormant literally means that which is, but it is just lying there below full strength. You have abilities that are just lying there in you. Below full strength. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Potential, he says, is that which is in you but it's unused. We had a launch of our minister's network on Friday and yesterday. It's a covering body of charismatic churches and I had a few come. We are starting something that's going to be very national and very big. I'm leading that. And in one of the sessions, we asked one of our operations manager who is a finance person to come and make a presentation to the pastors on how to run finances in an accountable way in the church because they asked us to do that. Now, you know, we're talking about somebody here who is uh, a, a, a figures person. He's a, this, this person is, a, is an accountant. He works with figures and all that. They are not a public speaker at all. And they don't do public speaking. But you see, when you come work for us in our church, we make you a generalist. We throw you into everything. They may not be your number one gift, but you, you, you discover in the process that you are multi-talented. So I was watching him yesterday giving this lovely presentation and speaking. And I thought, Chineke. And I could tell looking at him, he was surprised at himself. 
because he doesn't know himself to be a public speaker. He could speak all the time. It's inside of him all the time. It was just never used. Some of you, you are living below your potential. Yeah. Living below what you could do. Let's continue quoting. Potential is reserved power. And tapped strength. Unused success. <laughs> it's your success. Mara not used. Potential is everything that is that has not yet been seen or manifested. It's there, Mara Rasoibon. And because we are people who walk by sight, if we don't see it, we think it's not there. Mara, it's there. Think about it. Think about it. You know, the best way to think about potential is this. When you were born, whatever date you were born in, the day you were born, you were a full, complete human being. Yeah. Complete human being. As you grew, there was nothing that was added from the outside to complete your humanness. Everything you are now, you were on day one. But there's a lot of things that you have now that you didn't have on day one month. They were inside of you. Can't you you were born being this big and, 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 and being this intelligent? Nothing. So it means when you get born inside of you, you are carrying your future. And all you need is to eat right, grow right, be nurtured right, right environment. That's all you need. You just need one just to take care of yourself and everything in you will come out at the right time. Yeah. But you see, we have many people in their work with God who are not really doing as they should be doing. Back to our text. Paul says, if you keep yourself pure, you'll be a special utensil for honorable use. Your life will be clean and you'll be ready for the master's use. In other words, it is you who decides the kind of vessel you become. By how much you keep your life clean and you don't allow things to defile you. This is not only about holy living. It's about what you expose yourself to, what you develop yourself to. If you muddy the waters, if you dirty the vessel, then even if God has poured all this great stuff inside of you, when it comes out, it doesn't come out pure or it clogs up the system. One of our sons bought a car just recently. We're very happy for him. You know. And uh, everything was well with this car until it started giving some problems. And, and I noticed, you know, it would cut out petrol. We got it sorted so on, and then the, the mechanic finally found out who you know, the, 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 the petrol tank is rusted. Because probably this car in its former life, it had stayed a long time with half a tank. And, 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 and maybe I'm prophesying to some of you <laughs> who drive with cars that are only half full, what might happen? Because you see, if, if, if you keep a car on half tank all the time over the years, the part that doesn't get the petrol gets rusted. It's a prophecy. <laughs> I see some guilty faces in the church. I know some of you, your car is always on reserve tank. And so the day you fill up, so he went and filled up the tank. And, and, and unfortunately, because the other half was rusted, the rust mixed into the petrol. And so as the petrol went through the, 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 the fuel system, it clogged it up. This is what happens to us if we don't live clean lives. Yeah. God pours this precious thing called the anointing and the glory of God inside of us as vessels. Mara, because we are rusted. When it comes out, it's all muddy, it's all cloggy. And Paul says, no, you choose to keep yourself clean. Why? So that you can be an honorable vessel. Tell your neighbor, you are the one who makes the choice. 
You see, the great truth is that we are the ones who determine how much God can use us. We are the ones who determine how far God can stretch us. We are the ones who determine how much God can do in our lives. Psalm 78 verse 41, talking about Israel of old, it says, Yes, they turned back and tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Limited. So many times we limit what God wants to do through us. I'll be closing in a short while. So the truth is this, brothers and sisters. You can become anything you want to become. That is if it's in God's will for your life. You can learn anything you need to learn to accomplish any goal you set for yourself. Here's the truth. Generally speaking, there's no one who is smarter than you. I know some of you, it's going to take you a while to recover from that. <laughs> Let me say that again. Let me say that again. Generally speaking, there is no one smarter than you. You know, when I understood this, it changed me. There's no one smarter than you and no one better than you. Just because someone is doing better than you does not mean that he is better than you. It usually means that they have just learned to succeed in a particular field before you have succeeded. See, there's a time when I, I, I couldn't drive a car and Muruti Pake taught me how to drive. I hope I'm Muruti Pake. He taught me how to drive. We went over here. Can I go to Momufulo? You remember go, go that open space we know Twitter driver Murti Park? Yeah, we so yeah, He could drive. So at that time, I couldn't drive, he couldn't drive, but doesn't mean he was better than me. He was better than me in that he could drive and I couldn't drive, but 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 I finally learned what he learned, and I can drive like he can drive. And if I may tell you, I even drive faster than him. Yeah. There's nobody who was born into this world knowing everything they know. Having all the abilities they have, everybody was born as a baby, went to school, was taught, they got something wrong, they were disciplined for something, they went to school like you. Only difference is probably they studied what you didn't study. And that's why they're better than you. But in truth, they're not better than you. That's liberating. It means it doesn't matter who I am, what my background is, doesn't matter how old I am, I can always move further in life. I can always get better in life. I'll somebody say hallelujah to the Lord. Whatever someone else has done, you can do as well. Well, I will isolate the call of God and the anointing. You know, those are other dynamics that are slightly different. But the reality in generally speaking, whatever someone else has done, you can do as well. You too, you can learn anything you need to learn. If you want, you can go and learn to speak French and you can speak French. You can learn to be a pilot. If you want. Yeah. You see some of you unbelieving people look at you. You're not even saying anything. Yeah, you can learn. You can learn. I discovered that when I became a pastor, there's things I used to say, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. You know, I realized my biggest prison was my mindset. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You know, even in running a church, people say, no, people will never come to church. During the week, people will never come to church. This, you no, know, youth, young people don't love church. People always say those things. But when you look across, the other young people are going to the other place. Why? Is it the other person is better than you? Uh-uh. They've learned something you haven't learned yet. Shaba, yaba, 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 yaba. And that's why Jesus said in Matthew chapter 9, that if you want to learn the secret of life, is to learn to be a wineskin. New wineskin. 
And he was using the analogy of wine because the Holy Spirit is likened as unto wine. He says, no one puts wine in an old wine skin. In other words, you see, the Holy Spirit was like wine. Why wine? New wine is active, it's fermenting, it releases gases, it needs expansion, room, it will stretch you. God in his nature, he's a God of volatility. He's a God who wants to move you to another level. You come to church, you hear a sermon, you hear a preaching, you are provoked to do something new. You come here, ubuwa maka, ujela watiri chalete, murutuwa ya maarere, arawena le shonu duwe. Udo shabega ure muruto, kimangaba mlelete nkana marauta ure maratonze kestopo utu taba tiri chalete. Now you must learn how not to utuwa. Just help the lady. Oh, she's fine. You must learn how not to utuwa. Utamona unobuwa maka, you know. And they're through the preaching because God is about teaching us new things. And he said, if you will not be a new one skin, so we are the ones who determine how far God can take us. Yeah. We are the ones. And he says, God cannot do that. So the essence is Jesus is illustrating. Our inability to stretch will keep our potential increased. Amazing that in psychology, they talk about this phenomenon. Psychologists and scholars who spent many years studying and researching the psychology of success and the psychology of failure. In these studies, most studies conclude that there are two major mental blocks that hold people back. The first is called learned helplessness. And it's sad to say that they say 80% of the population is afflicted by this attitude. And this is the main obstacles to many people's success and fulfillment, learned helplessness. What is learned helplessness? As a result of childhood experiences, especially destructive criticism, early failure experiences, people eventually reach the point where they feel helpless. They feel helpless to change or take action in different areas of their lives. So they remain a utensil of lesser use. They feel that there is nothing they can do to influence their lives or improve their lives. There are some people who are still prisoners to things that happened to them when they were young. Now, there are certain things that were very difficult to bear. And I don't want to make light of that. But some of it, Bazalana, we really need to get over it. So long, you have not improved. You've never recovered from that. You haven't reproved you. Yeah, I mean, and, and let me be honest, Bazana. Life is not fair. And the thing is this: some of the things we go through childhood, I'm telling you, Bazalana, we, 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 we go through challenges, we go through, you end up believing you can't do it. So it's 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 a condition that we get into where we finally conclude. I can't. You know, there are people who say, Mina, I, 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 can't, I can't be employed for three months. Watch your language. Or mind your language. Anywhere where you say, Mina, I can't. I can't work. I can't start a company. I can't learn. I can't remember. I can't study. I can't go to school. I can't swim. who swims, they, were, they, they, they learned how to swim. Nothing different to you. So learn helplessness. Watch the areas where you say, I can't. I can't forgive. I can't tell the truth. I can't go to church every Sunday. I can't tithe. I can't be faithful. Oh, oh, oh. I think I'm coming to some of you right there. Learn helplessness. And the sad thing is, when you watch other people doing what you say you can't do, 
Instead of asking yourself, what are they doing differently to what I'm doing? We say, no, one lock. <laughs> so it's a nice cop out. Who would you know? We were, we were talking at, at, in the family devotions around this principle and it was so interesting. And we were talking about a particular person whose, the story, their story is known. Two children raised in the same house under very difficult circumstances and really difficult. But the one, the way they are, you know, people say it's because they were raised in a home like that. But then the trouble is they, they, their brother is an opposite. Same house, same parents, same everything. Same, 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 same. And I was saying, yes, I agree that our circumstances affect us. And as we don't want to make light of that. But please listen to me. There's something about you and the power of God in you. That God is prepared to help you and to lift you up even if society and history and context is trying to condemn you. God will raise you up even when everybody says you can never do it. And I'm asking you to believe God more than your circumstances. Believe God more than your uncle. Believe God more than your neighbors who say that you're a nobody. Believe God. Believe God and push yourself to be a vessel of honor. Believe God and kick yourself and don't feel sorry for yourself. Believe God and rise by the power of God. Can I hear an amen in this house? Believe God. Believe God. That's what Christianity is at its core. If any man, if any man, if any man, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things. Somebody say hallelujah. Hakehane, I had a bad start. Hakehane, I have gone through things. Hakehane, bambiti te kamabito. Hakehane, bambi lady labeli. Hakehane, bambi te sell by date. Maranaki atiba urukisi bubwa sesicha. I know I am a new creature. I know that greater is He that is in me. attitude God wants than to have learned helplessness and condemn yourself relegate yourself to the league of the ordinary and underachievers I would rather push myself and fail I'm telling you Barcelona. I'd rather kiss like Peter gets out of the boat and start walking on the water. I don't mind when I drown. Kizama. Huwanemurana Jesu will stretch off his hands and pull me up and say, Uzamile, Ntwanayaka, Uzamile, man, Uzamile, Some of you, you've made peace with your situation. You've so convinced yourself. You can never achieve certain things. You are telling everybody, feeling sorry for yourself. And God, when you get to heaven, God, God's going to ask you, Mara, I put potential in you. What did you do with it? The second condition. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. The second condition that holds people back is called the comfort zone. <laughs> That's what researchers say, the comfort zone. Human beings are creatures of habit. They begin an activity of any time and they soon become comfortable with it. They then become extremely reluctant to change or venture into new things. Then they get into a rut 
and they no longer and the longer they stay in the rut the deeper it grows until they finally give up all hope of ever changing and improving their lives people in these two kinds of mental state strive for security rather than opportunity they often feel like a victim of circumstances over which they have no control but you don't have to be a victim you don't need to why because in a great house there are vessels of gold and there are vessels of clay if any man cleanses himself there will be a vessel not this kind but this kind and in the next weeks we're going to unpack this and show you how you can be that kind of a vessel because I don't know about you Bazalan. the more I move on in leadership read meet people go elsewhere go to other countries whatever so I realize you know what the greatest enemy is the man I see in the mirror when I'm all alone in the room that's my greatest enemy me the biggest devil and the most powerful demon is the one that I see when I'm in a room all by myself looking in the mirror but if you can believe that you can be a vessel just like that young man I was talking about there's things that lie dormant in you that you can become that are not yet explored anointings you know that's why we plant churches I'm, I'm surprised that we can buy churches and plant churches and move on and so on you know if you had to ask me a few years ago I'm being honest with you through God holy Bible case I'm not supposed to say that if you had asked me a few years ago, I would never ever have said we can do that. If anybody could have told me 20 years ago we could be planting churches and doing this and doing this, I would have told you no. But you see, in the journey of walking with God, God starts shaking you up. Yeah. Yeah. You go somewhere, you see something that somebody has done Who comes from your context You have two choices Either you say no or a lawyer Or unale no It's the usual one Either you say that Or then you stand back and say How come I couldn't do that Not out of jealousy How come now I have a list of excuses I can explain eloquently why I can't do that. But I want to be a vessel of honor. I don't know about you. Raise your hands to the Lord all over the place. Follow me in the prayer. Heavenly Father, I desire to be a vessel of honor. Thank you for your word that challenges me today. To believe what you say about me. I am everything that you say I am. I have everything that you say I have. I can do everything that you say I can do. Forgive me for my attitude of learned helplessness, my attitude of the comfort zone of indifference.
I will not settle for anything less than the best of you. And as I raise my hands, I express my dependence on you. Let your Holy Spirit like new wine Let your Holy Spirit enter me. And as your Spirit enters me, create volatility in my life. May I never be settled. May I never be content with less than God's best. May I never settle for crumbs. May I go for everything that you want me to go for. Create a hunger in me to hunger and thirst after righteousness. This is my prayer. This is my desire. Begin to pray in the spirit right where you are all over the place. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Sana Mamrosukur de Griscur de Ris. Gusakuru Nemanamrosukuru de Ribanabras. Pray in the name of Jesus. I am Anon, Sotolo Dabras. Mamma no mo nombro sukuru de brisco. 